0: Hey, what's going on, Christ Church online family? Welcome to our online Sunday morning service. We pray that this message, we pray that this service is a blessing for you and whoever's watching with you, your family, your friends. Uh, Hey, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, subscribe because when you like or you share, you subscribe, it allows us to reach more people through the algorithm. So we're excited to serve you guys this morning. I'm excited to be with you guys. Today, we're going to be in a new sermon series that we're going to be in for the next four is there something wrong? Okay, now that you are just, you're some night young, so. <laughs> I was too loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Testing, testing, testing. Hey, guys, how are you? God loves you so much. Don't you know that? Don't you understand that? All right, we're good? I'm gonna start over from the top, Haley, okay? All right, here we go, three, two, one. Well, good morning, Christ Church online family. Welcome to our online service. It is an honor and a pleasure to serve you guys this morning. We pray that this uh, the service and this sermon is a blessing for you and whoever is watching with you guys as well. Hey, don't forget to like, share, or subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Whenever you like, share, or subscribe, it allows us to be able to reach more people through the algorithm. So. Hit the like button, hit the share button, subscribe, whatever you got to do so you can get weekly content so we can be able to be more encouraged in Christ and live greater for him as well. Today, we're going to be starting a brand new sermon series. In a sermon series, the title is called. Uh, in this sermon series, our goal and our, our, our desire is for us to understand that God is calling us. Or a better way to say it is inviting us into his great purpose in this world. That God has a great plan and a great design that he wants to accomplish. And he wants to invite people like you and I to be awakened to that purpose and to realize that our truest purpose is found in his purpose. At the heart of this sermon series is that we will be busy with what God wants to do in our world. Because God wants to do some great things. And He he wants to use broken and inconsistent uh, 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 people who uh, fall short quite often. He wants to use people like us to enter into the story that He is writing in this world. Listen, friends, I want you to understand this God is writing a great story. And He's inviting you and I to be a part of that story. We are not the, the heroes of the story. But rather, we are the participants in the bystanders who are watching God do the great work. And the story that God is writing is a story of redemption, a story where uh, it's bigger than us. If you ask me, what is my great desire as a pastor, as a preacher? Uh, when I preach or when I prepare a message, my great desire is people may know the love of Christ, right? That they may experience the love of Christ, But also probably one of the biggest parts of of the reason that I become so passionate with preaching is that people would be on fire for Christ, that people would be on mission for Jesus and that Jesus plan is a great plan in this world. And he invites us to be a part of that. And so the heart of this series is that you and I would be awakened to God's great work in this world. The next four weeks, we're going to be in this series. So this is a series that's meant to get us to move Uh, This is a series that's meant to get us to go and to get up and to take action. If you notice in the last series that we were in, if you were with us, we talked about the spiritual disciplines, how God works in us. Now, this series is going to be talking about how God works through us, right? God does both things. He works in us, but also he works through us, right? And the work that he does in us is meant to flow through us to other people as well. And today what I want to do is I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull them on out. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry, it'll be on the screen for you guys. But this is the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus uh, uh, speaking to the people at the time. And Matthew records this, Luke records it as well, but Luke has more of a condensed version of it. But Matthew records Jesus talking to people about the way of the kingdom of God. If you know what the kingdom of God is, the kingdom of God is not just a, a physical place; it's a spiritual place. It's it's the, the the place where God reigns, and guess what? God reigns everywhere, and He's speaking to people about about the way of the kingdom, not a how to get in not on how to behave. God's not worried about your behavior, right? God's God's not worried about um, uh, whether you get it right, uh, but he's worried about whether you know what he's calling you to do. And in Matthew chapter five, in verse 13 and 16, we're gonna talk about how Jesus kinda uh, continues to add on to the Sermon on the Mount, which is the kingdom of God. Let's go ahead and read verse 13. It says this, you are the salt, Of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, how shall it be restored to saltiness? It's no longer good for anything except thrown out, trampled under people's feet. In verse 14, he says this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light up a lamp and put it under a basket, but instead they put it on a stand to give light to all in the house. In the same way. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works or your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I love this passage. When I first came to Christ a long, long time ago, this this was one of the very first passages I ever memorized. I don't know why, but it was one of those passages where God directed me to this this part in the scriptures, and, and I love this verse. I love what this verse means, and I love what this verse is trying to, uh, trying to get us to do. And Jesus uses two metaphors salt and light. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit, and he wants us to understand the meaning of what he's commanding us to do and what he's calling us to do as well. The most basic sense, if I can give you an underlining theme of what Jesus wants to get across to each and every one of us, he says this. He says, Christians are the most essential force for good. Let me say that one more time. He says that followers of Jesus, followers of me, You are the most essential force of good. To put it simply, John Stott says this, you are Jesus Christ in the world. Say that a little bit slower so that you can hear me. To put it simply, you are Jesus in the world. Listen, people may not ever read their Bible, but they are reading Christians, right? Right? The most Jesus people will ever get won't be so much what happens on Sunday mornings. Won't be so much when we sing these awesome songs and we hear people like Haley and Noah and, 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 and Logan and do their great things. And No, to put it simply, Jesus says the most influential force of good is when you and I emulate and reflect Jesus in this world. Because people may not ever get Jesus in the church, but they could get Jesus through you that make sense jesus is trying to get us to understand through these metaphors that you and i are his true representatives in this world and don't we live in a world that has a bad taste of god in our mouth right don't we live in a world where everybody knows what christianity is against everybody knows what christianity hates Right. And, and it turned off to Christianity and they see Christianity as something that that they don't feel is important in their lives. And Jesus says, friends, if you want to change the narrative, you must change this. The way you approach life and the way you approach life isn't to make much of yourself, but to make much of Jesus. Is it to, to make much of your opinions and what you want and what you think is right? He says to make much of me because the world needs Jesus, not more of you. The world needs a a reality of the true Jesus, the real Jesus, not a Jesus that we create in our minds because we all have a version of Jesus that doesn't exist. When I first became a Christian, I I used to to think that Jesus was going to answer all my prayers. Oh, my gosh. I used to think Jesus was going to answer all my prayers, and then one day, the very thing that I prayed about didn't happen. I'm a little confused. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I thought that... thought that Jesus would do everything that I I tell him to do, you know. I thought Jesus was here to serve me. (laughs) And I learned very quickly that's not the true Jesus that's communicated in the scriptures. So, friends, Jesus calls you and I to be people who are game changers. A lot of us feel the tension to want to change the world. If you want to change the world, changing the world is not when we get another politician in office, get the right politician in office. Changing the world isn't when we get our policies the way that we want them. Changing the world isn't in anyone or anything else. But rather it's in the people who love Jesus, who know Jesus, who want to influence, who want to be influential in this world for Jesus. Jesus says, You and I, we're the ones who make the world better. We're the ones who make the world better. But don't we live in an age of Christian hypocrisy? Don't we live in an age where Christians would say one thing but do another thing? And, and you got a lot of people that walk away from Christianity because of The way Christians have acted or the way Christians have or what they've done in their life or whatever it may be. Listen, Jesus isn't calling us to be perfect, but Jesus is calling us in our imperfections to make him known. To make him known that at the end of the day, even in our failures, even in our successes, it's all for Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus wants us to realize before we go over these analogies. The true call from Jesus... The call of being salt and light. Now, listen to this. It's very important. The true call of being salt and light means you and I are being countercultural. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Notice that in the metaphors, the metaphors are, are both used in a sense where if you hide them or if you lose the saltiness, notice they don't become effective and they're worth nothing. They're not helpful. They're not, full, they're not fully living out what they been really given and what they've really been called to do. Jesus says, if you want to be truly effective, you must be distinctive. Now, this is the part of Christ. This is the part where it gets a little bit tricky for some people. How do we, how do we, how do we reach people for Jesus without contaminating our truth in Jesus? Does that make sense? Meaning how, how do we go out to the spheres and go out to the world and go out to different camps and different languages and different tribes and not get mixed up right Jesus is saying you and I we must stand out we can't be afraid to be different we, we can't be afraid to, to say hey listen I don't judge you I still love you but that's not something that I I necessarily do but aren't we afraid to be different so therefore we, we, we align ourselves with what everybody else is doing when I worked at this job years and years ago at this warehouse um, I was talking to one of the guys that worked in the warehouse with me, and we were talking, and we were going over a couple of things, and he asked me about something, and I said, yeah, I, well, actually, I got to go to church on Sunday. i never forget. I actually said that to him, and he said back to me, he's like, I never knew you were a Christian. Now, that's the problem. That's the problem, right? I didn't look, a, I looked a lot like what everybody else was doing. I looked a lot like culture, but I didn't look enough like Jesus, Right, and I remember when I heard it, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I wonder who else doesn't actually know that I'm a Christian, right? I wonder who else doesn't actually know that that I follow Jesus. Now, he, now here's what Jesus is calling us to do. Jesus is not calling us to live a holier than thou moment. He's not calling us to act like we got it all together. As a matter of fact, Christianity is the very opposite. We don't have it all together. Read the Beatitudes. Jesus says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who who, who have the the deep acknowledgement of their deepest struggles. Listen, Christianity is not meant for you and I to go outside the walls and be like, hey, just to let you know, you know, you need to be like me. No, friends. Christianity, in the most truest sense, is you and I need Jesus. You and I need Jesus. Is it, is it, is it? Isn't this what Jesus is truly trying to tell us? That you and I are the ones who point people to Jesus? You and I aren't the point, but we're the pointers, right? We're not the point in the story. We're, we, we point to the actual healer, he, uh, hero of the story. And Jesus is calling us to our most purest existence. And what do we exist for? To make much of Jesus and not ourselves. To make much of Jesus and not ourselves. Notice Jesus is calling you and I. Listen to this. Jesus is calling you and I beyond a superficial Christianity. Because here's, if we're not careful, we'll say Christianity is this. We'll say Christianity is is me just going to church. Right? Me spending an hour at church. I'm the first one there and I'm the first one to leave. Right? Or we will say this, that Christianity is me just, me serving at my church. Right. Or or me making a decision when I was a teenager, when I was at youth group and I accepted Jesus in my heart. Jesus is breaking the plateau that exists in Christianity. He wants us to be movers. He wants you and I to be doers. He wants you and I to be influencers. And we cannot expect the world to do what only Christianity can do. Only Christianity can bring people to the light, as he says, only Christianity can, can do is to influence people for good, and this is what Jesus is calling us to. So let's go over these metaphors real quick. I'm going to be real quick in these metaphors, then we're going to talk about how we can be sought and light, right? We're going to go over the, the metaphors of what Jesus tells us we, we need to do, and then we're going to talk about how do we do it. Here we go. Number one, <sighs> notice Jesus calls us to identity and purpose, Look at verse 13, and then look at verse 14. You are, it's verse 13, and you are in verse 14. This is what we call an imperative, which means a statement of fact. Jesus is giving you and I an identity, an identity that's not found in this world, an identity that's not found in others, an identity that can't be found in success, an identity that can't be found in how much you accomplish, an identity that moves you to a greater purpose but don't we live in a world where we all struggle with identity heck you and i have a daily struggle of identity every single day and if you and i have found ourselves in that struggle guess what jesus solves our identity problem for us by telling us who we truly are we try to find who we are in our titles we try to find who we are in our relationships. We try to find who we are and how much we succeed. I try to find how how valuable I am but how big the church becomes, right? And the more people come, which means the more successful and the more valuable I am. But isn't that a very dangerous way to live, right? Jesus says the truest sense of your identity isn't in the world, but it's in me. It's in Christ. But we live in circles that are always trying to find meaning and satisfaction which is why you have this thing called ideologies You ever heard of ideologies ideologies is kind of taking over religion nowadays but as a matter of fact i read in this one article that said ideologies are the new religion of the world what are ideologies ideologies are let's say capitalism let's say socialism let's say black lives matter let's say blue lives matter let's say conservativism Let's say uh, uh, liberals, whatever it may be. And we notice that where people go to these and attach to these different tribes, because within these tribes, they think that a sense of identity and value is going to be found. But the true nature of, of Christianity is not how conservative you are. It's not how liberal you are. It's not how much you align with this camp or that camp, but how much you and I are truly committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. Listen, before anything, I'm a Christian. Before my ethnicity, before my the way I vote, before the way others think, I am truly, and above all, I am a Christian. And I'm called to be somebody who... Who lives through the purpose that Christ is completing in me and through me. I function with the identity Christ has given me. I function with the identity Christ has accomplished for me. And number two, look what else he says. You and I are called to add value. Notice Jesus said in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Now, salt was a seasoning and in, in the preservation for food. Uh, spices and salt was hard to come by in the ancient world. I don't know if you know that. Right. As a matter of fact, salt was so expensive, a lot of people uh, would offer gifts of spices. Right. Remember when Jesus was born and they bought, you know, uh, a jar uh, 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 of spices. Right. They bought spices. This was very expensive. Right. 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 But but also kind of uncommon, too. It's almost like Jesus is kind of telling you and I that that we're valuable but also uncommon at the same time. Isn't that interesting? He says we're we're valuable and and uncommon at the same time. I believe what Jesus is actually trying to tell us is what salt would do, salt would enhance the flavor. You ever went out to eat with someone and the food was just terrible? I had this years and years ago. This is before my wife. I took this girl out to eat. And we went to this very crazy expensive restaurant. I only had like $100 in my account and I knew this was gonna be well over $100 and I knew my account was gonna be overdrawn, but I didn't care. But anyway, I took, my girl, I took this girl out to this restaurant and we go out and I get steak. And this steak was terrible. I mean, when I say terrible, I mean, I felt like I was chewing a tire. Like it was just so rubbery, so bad. And the first thing that I do is, can you pass the salt? Now, it didn't make it any better. <laughs> it made it more tolerable. It didn't make it any better right? But, but that's what salt isn't meant to do. It's meant to enhance. And Jesus is, meant to, is trying to tell us that you and I are meant to enhance the world. But how about this? Can't Christians be people who are super rude? We're meant to add flavor, but we're people who take away the flavor, right? Aren't, listen, we just got to be honest with ourselves. I, listen, I believe Christianity is beautiful, but also know the ugly side of Christianity. There is an ugly side of Christianity, and we're not people who add flavor. We're the people who come out with the steak that is overdone and to a point where it tastes like rubber. That's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is saying that, that the world has rarely experienced a true fullness. And salt of the earth are intended to draw out the fullest flavor of living by offering the greatest expression of life. And Jesus is the greatest expression of life, and that's with you and I. We make things better. That means when we enter to the room, we're not entering to the room with our opinions. Can't Christians, can't we be very opinionated? Aren't we? I know I can, right? I I can be very religious, Right. I can I can I can throw the Bible around all I want. But am I truly am I truly enhancing making culture better? Am I to the point where Jesus says that people will see your good deeds and good glory to God? Do I make people want to follow Jesus more or do I make Christianity more and more unattractive? Right. That's the truth. Am I I, I living in such a way where people want to be followers of Jesus? People want to actually know who Jesus truly is? And then he goes on, and and I need you to know that salt is more than an enhancer, but it also is, is a preserver. Little in the ancient world, they didn't have refrigeration like you and I. So what they would do is they would get their meat, and they would spread salt on the meat. And this spreading of the salt was to prevent decay and spoil. Christians, you and I, are meant to do the same thing. But listen to what Jesus says before we jump on to the next point. Jesus says in verse verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall, it be, uh, how shall the saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for nothing. Now that's scary. Jesus gives a danger, a reveal, a true danger. Now, salt cannot actually lose its flavor, but it can be diluted and defiled if it's mixed. Notice what Jesus is trying to say. If salt gets into other 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 infirmities or spices or whatever it may be, it doesn't become salt anymore right it can't lose its saltiness but it can be diluted and defiled what jesus means is for you and I to be truly effective we have to be careful with what we mix ourselves with right <clears throat> for you and I to be truly effective we have to be careful of what we what kind of flavors are we are we entering into what are we looking more like jesus are we looking more like the culture Are we looking more like what Christ wants to do in the world? (coughs) Or are we looking more like the chaos of the world? What are we we doing? Right? Jesus says, how shall our saltiness be restored? We have to be careful what we mix ourselves with. Which means you and I have to enter every single room reminding ourselves, above all, Christ is Lord. And number three, Jesus calls us to stand out. Jesus says in verse 14 and 15, uh, yeah, verse 14, 15, and 16, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, like salt, light was very, 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 uh, wasn't available, wasn't as accessible, right? You and I, we have these lights, right? We have these lights all around, right? We have, we have lights, we never have to worry about lights, right? Well, in the ancient world, right, they, they had these lamps that, that would really be the only way to give light to the house, right? And without light, things remain dark, right? Without light, things remain dark. Jesus is trying to give a similar metaphor and analogy as much as he gives with the salt by saying that salt makes things better light exposes the darkness now here's what i want you to know friends here's what i want you to know jesus is trying to say our light our reflection of him is meant to give people who don't know him a glimpse of who we truly is meaning you and i in a dark dark world we live in a dark world am i right we live in a hurting world. We live, we live in a world full of negativity. Jesus says we, we, we dispel the darkness when we are the light. Now, if you think about the world, friends, think about the world in this way. The world is, the gravity of, of life is, to, is moving towards Decay. Think about this. I've never had someone come up to me and say, Javon, I'm trying to be unhealthy. Never had somebody come up to me to say that. I never had somebody come up to me and say, Javon, I, I I've tried to to, to to not eat a crumble cookie. <laughs> right? Right? We're very good at being unhealthy because the world is is, is aiming towards negativity and decay. Christians, you and I are, are meant to move the world into a healthier direction, into a direction that's closer to Jesus, into a direction that's with him and a direction that lives for him as well too. I don't know about you, friends, but does your Christianity make, make you want to, to have others know Jesus? Do you have a Christianity that aspires to say, I just want people to truly come and to encounter with the living God Jesus Christ now how do we become salt and light let me give these six examples and then we're we're in says this number one you ready the way we talk to others for some reason in the Christian world gossip is the the most acceptable sin right gossip is a very accepted sin now there's a lot of things we'll be like yeah you can't do that can't do that you can't do that nope nope the Bible says nope nope don't do that right but when people aren't around we're the first ones to put them down right right and, and and our speech matters how we talk about each other matters as a matter of fact the apostle paul says in colossians chapter 4 verse 6 he says this listen to this this is very cool he says let your speech always be seasoned with salt isn't that very cool isn't that very interesting that the topic that we're talking about today and what paul says listen our conversations matter right Comp- the way we talk about people matters. The way we talk in general matters. Either, either, either we are adding value or we're adding more decay through the, what we say and how we say things. Now, again, Jesus isn't calling us to be perfect, but he's calling us to be wise. To be wise with our words. Be wise with our word choice. I don't care what you you say. I know the very famous saying when I was little, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Listen, friends, that's very much the opposite. Our words can cut deeply today. So how do we become salt and light? The way we talk. Number two, we become salt and light at our workplaces. Now, listen, a lot of us, if not any of us, if not all of us, don't realize that most of our time is going to be spent at our jobs. Matter of fact, statistics prove that the majority of, the, uh, of your life will be at your jobs, not with your family. Isn't that sad? We need to move to Amsterdam because it's very much different over there in Amsterdam. But anyway, but anyway, and it's easy for us to get an attitude at our workplace, right? It's easy for us to, to get very frustrated with our bosses because our bosses are idiots, we like to say. Right. I would do it this way, but they want to do it that way. And that's the reason why our production is down. That's the reason why we're losing money. It's the reason why we're doing this. That's the reason why we're doing that. And next, year you know, uh, uh, we're 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 in the crowd. We're not standing out. Right. We're, we're, we're with them. We're not standing out. And here's what I want you to understand is if if you're someone who is in a workplace, in a workplace that's very, that's very uh, burdensome, in a workplace where it's easy for it to. Uh, to make you angry often I want you to realize you're, you don't actually work there you work for God there say that one more time you don't actually work there you work for God there you are representatives of God so when everybody else is is, 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 is trying and, uh, 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 to hurt and to slander you and I are the first ones to stand out above all else listen friends Colossians it says, work as you are working for the Lord. Work as if you are working for the Lord. Number three, we could be the salt and light in our pain. Listen, the way we respond in the uncertainty and painful moments in our lives says a lot. Now, I'm not saying to ignore your emotions. I'm not saying that you should never be sad or grieved. But I am saying that the world sees Jesus even greater when you and I respond with hope. When you and I are people that in the middle of a pandemic, we're not freaking out and forcing people to wear a mask and not wear a mask and uh, 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 get this and get that and whatever it may be. We're the first ones that say, but Jesus is good. Listen, friends, you want to know what salt and light is meant to do? It's meant to show that Jesus is good and he's still good even when life is bad, right? Right? We show people that we're full of hope. We're not full of fear. We show people that we are full of, uh, full of certainty, not full of chaos in our lives. Number two, I mean, number four, I'm sorry. We can be a salt and light to others, to others' pain and uncertainty, right? We need to be people who give hope, right? Not, we're not only carriers of hope. We have to be people who give hope. We have to be people to say that when you look at the world and all the evil and chaos that's going on in foreign countries, that's going on in our own cities, whatever it may be. Listen, friends, we need to point them to the author of hope. We need to give them the reality, the true perspective that Jesus Christ is good. Number five, we can start enlightening our families. We can start enlightening our families, right? Because it's not so much what you do out there, it's what you do in your home, right? Your ministry is your home, friends, right? Your your, your true calling of Christianity is within your home. Now, I want to speak to the parents because I'm a parent because we all want our kids to grow up with Christianity, with Christian values, right? We all want our kids to grow up knowing Jesus, following Jesus, and being a part of his church. Here's the one thing I want to help you with. Help your kids to have a meaningful faith. Now, research so, shows and it says that the best way for kids to have a meaningful faith is when the parents live in authentic faith, right? The best way for kids to have a meaningful faith is when you and I aren't trying to fake it, right? We're not acting like, yeah, you know, we just, we got to be these, this and we got to be holy. We got to be this. No, the best way to get your kids to understand that God is good is to remind them how much God has loved you when you were bad, Right? mind them how much God has been grace, great, uh, gracious and kind when you were horrible, <laughs> right? Number, number six, and we're close with this. Listen, friends, we can be salt and light, and I, w- I really want to do this, and I really want to hold on to this particular point. We strive to be peacemakers, not This Listen to me. Christians are the first ones who are supposed to stand on the line of peace. Now, peace doesn't mean I agree with everyone, but peace is it means that the first thing that that I will do in the midst of tension is not trying to get my way, but to try to bring peace in the moment in time. The Apostle Paul says this uh, as much as it depends on you. Live with peace. Are you someone who adds to the chaos? Or are you someone who knows how to bring peace in chaos? And Christians should be the first one to do this. Christians, we should be the first ones that remind people we follow the prince of peace. Christians, we should be the ones that remind people we have one who has peace that surpasses all understanding. We follow the one who is full of peace, who gives peace, who is peace. And we need to be people who are not the, not, not when the point where, now listen, we can't control everybody else's assumption. We can't. People just will not like Christians that's okay right but the one thing that they should say is they're people of peace you know what I I don't agree with that Christianity thing that Joe Jesus thing it's all weird and da 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 but the one thing I can tell you people over at Christ Church Joe Brooklyn man those are some peaceful people bro like they're they're not here to start a a riot they're not here to, to, to try to shove their opinions down your throat but rather they're here to show that Jesus is good what if you and I live the life where Jesus is good? What if you and I live the life where Jesus is merciful? What if you and I live the life where Jesus is better? That's the call of the Christian life. My challenge for you today is not just to hear this sermon and say, oh man, that was a good sermon. No, my challenge to you today is say, how can I do this more? My challenge to you today is say, Holy Spirit, help me in this category. Help me to be more salt and light to the people around me. Let's pray. Dear Father, we love you. Dear Father, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. We we pray that, Lord, that through this gracious reminder that we would be people who are the salt and the light, that we would be people who add value, who enhance um, um, uh, to greater things. We would be people that would be people that would be full of light in a dark dark world and lord i do pray i do pray that people would see the conduct of true christianity not the false christianity but see people would see the conduct of true christianity and they would give glory to god in heaven and lord i pray that we can be the people who do this i pray that old brooklyn would be people full of peace I pray that old brooklyn would be, be people full of hope and faith i pray that you help us and that you lead us it's in your son's precious name as so we pray Amen. 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 May the Lord be with you guys. God bless. We'll see you soon.